This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. My name's Lee Finch and I'm joined tonight by Jamie Whittington and Robert Boyce. Right, so we're going to be discussing the Rochdale game on Saturday. Uh, also the four games in nine games, which includes Rochdale, Gillingham, Barrow, and then if we beat Barrow, Crawley. So we just want to discuss, do we prioritise the league? Do we prioritise the cup? Do we have enough in our squad for, for both competitions? Or do we, now we've got the five subs, will that help us as well? Uh, so I'll start us off, if you don't mind, boys. I'll go with Rochdale. What a boring game that was. <laughs> well, I, I was. It was dull as anything. I was so bored watching it. But three points, clean sheet. Can't really remember Rochdale, but they got behind Terrell Thomas once. I think he made one. They got behind, but Connell Truman wasn't really tested. We didn't really test their keeper, but it doesn't matter. We went up there, smashed and grabbed, got three points. Also, I got totally mugged off as well because I put on Twitter six minutes before full time. I saw that. that uh, why are we making subs this so late in the game? And then. Rudy, who came on, passes to Chislett, who came on, uh, and we score and win the game. So I've been getting absolute crucified on the WhatsApp groups. So is the way, Lee, don't worry. We all all make (laughs) tweets or comments which come back to bite us in the arse. But to be fair, it was a good win, you know, scoring in the 92nd minute. The good thing about that is we didn't have enough time to concede three minutes later (laughs) like we usually do. So (laughs) that was one benefit, wasn't it? But, you know, we've had two games this week with the youth team and Rochdale away. Both scored in, you know, late on. Both snatched a win late on, so can't really complain. Uh, we're unbeaten in the last five now, you know. Um, so, one down. we got three more games the rest of the week to go, really. Got Gillingham tomorrow night. Uh, Barrow, we might have Crawley at home following that if we can get through. But for me, I think um, with the five subs, I think it's come at a good time. You know, it couldn't have come at a much better time with these four games coming up. Um, obviously, that said, we've got one down, three to go. And I think we just 
go go for it. You know, we've had two weeks rest because of COVID. Uh, we're not in a relegation battle. Um, and if yeah. we get through the FA Cup, it's extra money in the back pocket, isn't it? Which always helps a club like ours. See, my, my point on the FA Cup is I think it should take a backwards seat. I think we should concentrate on the league, really. Only because of COVID that if, say, we we got to Barrow, that's a t- Barrow on paper, you think, yeah, we'd, we'd win that and then we'd be playing Crawley on Sunday. But the fact that we have to go Rochdale, Gillingham, then go to Barrow on a Thursday night, it's a lot of travelling for the boys as well. And then if we win, we've got Crawley, which is a tough game. Everyone's thinking, oh, yeah, we get third round, we get a really good tie. We won't make no money now because fans ain't allowed in. So it's, it's pointless because we ain't. it's going to be we could, worth nothing. We could still get TV money. money. We could still get TV money if we get a big tie. But the FA Cup money this season has gone down. So our first round against Barrow, if we win it, you used to get 36,000. It's now gone down to 19K. Yeah. If we beat Crawley, I mean. it used to be 54K. It's now gone down to 34K. So the money's literally halved. But at the same time, we can't really turn our nose up at it. You know, we need every penny oh. we can get. And that's why I was quite glad we even got through the Papa John's trophy to the next round, just because it's money in the back pocket for a rainy day. You sound like Joe Palmer, mate. If we win this, that's 10 grand there. You know what I mean? We can get well, the light bulbs that we need in the back. I'm sure there's a few fans who want their bonds paid back in a few years' time, you know? I mean, obviously, yeah. <laughs> obviously, we've already beaten Rochdale. And obviously, by the time this podcast is released, we'll know whether we've beaten, um, drawn or lost to Gillingham. But if before these four games, I would be a lot happier beating Rochdale and Gillingham and losing to Barrow than I would losing the two league games and getting through to the third round of the cup. Obviously, that might change if we were then to draw Man United away. But I'd then be gutted because I wouldn't be able to go. I think if there's any year to not prioritise a cup run, yeah. like, like Lee said, because of COVID, it kind of, it A, uh, will impact the monies that we could and will get. And B, if, if we did get a dream draw, none of us would be able to go. So I'd much prefer to prioritise the league this week. So again, with the five substance stuff, I think we can mix it up now as well. Like on Tuesday against Gillingham, I'd like to see Palmer start. Yeah, maybe g- yeah. even give give Pig a rest. But yeah. if you're not go Pig and Palmer, uh, Chislett's got to start for me as well. Hennigan's uh, got to come in at the back. Give t- if Terrell, they're saying that he's fit, but you know what I mean, give him a rest. Uh, I'd definitely be playing Hennigan 100 percent on on Tuesday. He looks and tired, then Barrow he? again. Maybe take a couple of the, as as we discussed in later the youth team, take a couple of youth team with us uh, because we need to be keeping it fresh if we are going to go for all, all competitions. We, every every fan's going to go. Yes, we need to go for all competitions. That's a given. But yeah, as I said, I agree with you, Jamie. If it's going to be the season, the, the FA Cup, we lose and we go out. It's it's going to be this year where we're not going to be making much money out of it. Gillingham's uh, going to be a tough game. Yeah, it's going it to be a really tough game. I'll take a point. Uh, I don't know about you guys. We've recorded this before before the, the, we've played, but Steve Evans, uh, there's not much I really can say on here without going into too many explosives about the man. <laughs> I can put a uh, beep in afterwards if you need to. <laughs> but yeah, his teams are not very nice. And don't get me started on his assistant, Rainer, either. I can't stand that man. But yeah, they're, they're, he's going to set up to frustrate. And I can, I can see us getting... 
battered physically in that game against them because he, he knows that Barrow, and then Barrow's such a tough game on a Thursday night. Everyone thinks, oh yeah, Barrow, they're crap in the league below. It's a, it's a far, it's a long old journey. Did you boys, did you Barrow, do Barrow when we played them? No, oh, I did not. You? Oh, I did. It's about eight hours on the train. I'm actually quite yeah. gutted that there's no fans allowed because I would quite like to tick that one off. I didn't do it last time, so. Yeah. I'm gagging for an away day, to be fair. Getting on the train, drinking. <laughs> Don't even watch the game, just sit in the bar. <laughs> I, can, I can see you're drinking right now on the screen, Lee. Is that a bit of vodka in that Coke? <laughs> no, nah, it's just cheers, actually, mate. There are, there are other... Other fizzy drinks available. <laughs> I think. But, uh, I think, as Jamie said, I'd happily take a point against the Gills. Um, you know, second away day in four days. Um, you know, four points from two games. You can't really complain with that. And I think our squad's looking quite strong and healthy. I mean, apart from Jacko and Luke O'Neill, there's no real injury concerns. I mean, you could, like you said, you could bring in Che Alexandra at right wing back. You could bring Nesta Guinness Walker in at left wing back. You can bring Palmer up top. You can play around that midfield, bring Chislett in and, you know, rest one or two bodies in there, bring Rudy in. So I think we've got a good amount of um, squad depth at the moment to be competing with these with these games. Because you said about 17 days off. I don't think that's going to help us. No. Because it's not like they've been able to train. So on Saturday, you could see we were getting... It's we, I, it's quite mad that we won the game last minute because I really thought we were going to start getting leggy and stuff, which didn't really come. But it might come Tuesday or Thursday because they've not had any games. And we're not the kind of club that's going to go, we are, guys. There's, here's a treadmill. Here's a something for your house. So I doubt most of them are going to have big gardens and stuff like that. Some of them might. But some might live in flats or apartments. So how are they going to be getting keeping match fit for fourteen days without no training? It's totally different. And again, sitting on coaches and trains for long periods like Rochdale was a, is a, it's quite a trek up to Manchester. Roch again, we've we've commented on loads Barrows fast twelve twelve hundred Thursday, twelve hundred right? miles on the road this week for Wimbledon players. So that's what I mean. It's, it's yeah, I can see. I'd take a draw all day long against them, but yeah, I, I, again, I'd definitely throw Shay Alexander in at right right wing back, give uh, Shane a little rest as well because he's mean, been in, class for us. I think I think he's been one of our best players. In, in giving, um, in having all these games, it does give Glenn a chance to not experiment. I would say, but he could obviously. We haven't seen Palmer play from the start. I would love to see Palmer and Pig play together, even Palmer and Longman. Just see if it adds a different dimension to our game. Um, what I've seen of Palmer, I've liked. Um, obviously, I haven't seen too much of him, but you know, he's a big fucker that plays up front. You know, so I he, struggle he's... with Longman. Longman, I've, uh, I mean, he, I don't think he had his best game on Saturday against Rochdale. Uh, he ran around a lot, but that's all I can pretty much give him. But then I don't think any of any of our team played particularly well. We. If we were playing a better side, we wouldn't still have been in that game come the 92nd minute to win it. So, up until Glynn made the subs and brought Rodoni on and then Chislett and Palmer, if anyone was going to nick it, I felt that it was probably going to be Rochdale. I couldn't see us nicking it. Rudy came on, I felt we changed the game. And then Chislett um, came on, loads of energy, Palmer held the ball up well. So... I think it was a good thing. I, I was going to say, I think it was a good thing that Rochdale got rid of Ian Henderson over the 
over the summer because oh, yeah, he's normally a falling in outside, isn't he? You know, and I see he's been scoring goals for Salford at the moment. So he's a th- he's chased the funds, isn't he? Yeah, so. that's the sort of game where you know, scrappy nil nil, he pops up with a goal out of nowhere, isn't it? You know, so see, I I, I thought last twenty minutes, I thought yeah, we we were going to win that game. Last twenty minutes, I thought we got into it. They kind of slowed down a little bit. You can tell they don't score a lot of goals because. Uh, yeah. They didn't. I, don't, I can't remember a chance, like a shot, really. That no. they, I think they only had a couple, but there weren't really anything that was Truman weren't struggling with a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think. But I think we up need until to we made, that, made those changes, mm. we, we we weren't offering anything either. To be honest with you. Mm. But to go back, my point about Longman is I don't see him as a striker. I really he's don't. not I see a, him as a winger. He's I not a striker. He played, he's, he's a winger for Brighton. They're under 23s. And then we're trying to do something. Again, we're trying to do something with someone that don't belong to us and go, right, we're going to turn you into a striker so you can play both positions when you go back to Brighton. And then they go, oh, yeah, thanks for that. But I don't... I just He, he runs a lot. But I don't see anything that he's going to get on goal. He's, and score like on Saturday, I don't think he had a chance, did he? Oh, lo- Piggott was great again. but I like Longman from the sense that he gets in behind. You know, I think when I saw us play uh, Rudy up top with Pigs, you know, Rudy wants to come short and play the number 10 role. And I think what works good with Longman, if he plays with Palmer or Piggott, you know, someone, they'll win the ball, they'll flick it on and he's got the legs to get in in behind. Um, I mean, he has shown some good finishing for us. Um, But going back to your point about, um, you know, Rochdale didn't offer much. I think our formation stifles a lot of teams. You know, there's not, I don't think there's a team that I can, picture you know a scoreline recently where we've got absolute battered or letting threes or fours I don't think it's happened this season and I think the way Glenn's setting up to stay in games um, and you know like I said Truman didn't have much to do is much to Glenn's credit and the coaching staff's credit you know um, and hope we're hard to we're hard to be yeah. now we never used to be hard to be but you know we... t- t- teams have got to come whether it, whether we go there or they come to us Teams have got to come and they've got to break us down. I don't know if we're hard to beat. I don't know if I agree with the hard to beat part. I think we're we can score goals. We've got goals mm-hmm. in us with Pig, which is strange because as I say, I don't we really, other than Black, uh, uh, what's his name again, Palmer. I, we haven't got another real striker up front, uh, but we Adam have Ross got goals Grove. in us. We are, uh, uh, you've got me there, mate. Because yep. I love the crow, but I just don't think he's good enough at this level. Unfortunately, no. I really like no. him. I really want him to do well. So do I. Do I, mean? but I want him to come just, good. But... I just can't see it at the moment. But no. uh, And I do like Robinson in our youth team. I think he's going to be a big player for us. But he looks like he's injured, I think. Again, there's not much from the club. Regarding... Until he's snapped up uh, for peanuts by Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. But I just think, <laughs> if we'll go on that later, if we uh, we just got a defensive mistake in us all the time. Like, how many, goals have we, how many times have we gone ahead and then conceded and then lost games? It's, we'd be top of the league, I think it is, on the stats. That every time we go ahead, if we had kept them leads, we'd have got the points. We'd have been I think top what doesn't help, though, is, you know, if you look at our squad age, there's no one in that squad who's over the age of 30. You know, I think we've been crying out for an experienced centre-half and, you know, we've got one in the door now who's 27-28, got a good pedigree mm. of games in League One and I'm mm. hoping he makes a difference um, because, you know, well, Will's, Will's yeah. missed a lot of football for injury. Paul Cullenby is still learning his trades. Um, I think Dan Schrocker looks like a real find. I like the look of him. Terrell Thomas is obviously player of the year last year. He looks, he has his good games. Uh, still has the odd mistake in him for me. Um, but I think hopefully... Yeah, I'm... 
I'll make you. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, Will's made out of glass, unfortunately. We all want Will to do well. He's a woman and boy. He's a captain, and everyone loves him. But he's made out of glass. I don't think Paul K is good enough for League One football. Soccer's all right, but he's slow. He gets absolutely murdered for pace. Yeah. Terrell Thomas, I have no idea what's happened to him this season. Maybe his head's got a bit too big. His ego's grown a bit too much, and he thinks he's like playing too much. Playing too now. much PS Five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. I, just, I I think he was he was good last year, but I don't see it this year. Uh, and hopefully this Hennigan's he he looks the real deal, and it's something that everyone has been saying that we needed, and they brought him in now. So the only problem with bringing in Hennigan for me is when Luke O'Neill's fit. You know, it seems like uh, Glenn wants to play overlapping fullbacks. So you know, you got McLaughlin bombing it down on the right wing, and you got Luke O'Neill offering you know the crosses from deep, similar to a Sheffield United system. You know, when everyone's fit. Where does Ben Hennigan fit in? You know, because you got you basically got PK Nightingale, um, Tower Thomas, and it seems like Ben Harrigan, um, all fighting for that centre back spot. I mean, you look at those. You look at those centre halves. Include it if you include O'Neill into that. How many? How many is there? Six. Yep. You're not going to have all six. It's going to be very unlikely you're going to have all six fit fully fully fit at the same time. Like you said, Will's made out of glass. Uh, Callum Byers had his injury issues. O'Neill is out injured at the moment, so that's three. Thomas looked like he picked up a knock on Saturday. He's he's fit against Gillingham. Fit as a he's, he's, yeah, been, yeah, that's what they've said. But I don't play or not. I don't think we'll see O'Neill again this season. He said he's a long-term injury. So and again, Will's made out of glass. You have to have someone to back that mm. up uh, if he ain't going to play. I can't see him playing Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday if we win. No, not a chance. Right, boys, let's wrap this up and go with. Shall we? Uh, shall think. we do predictions? Yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah. What do you, well, I, I do. You think I think we're going to mix the teams up. I'll take. I think we're going to lose to Gillingham. I think we're going to beat Barrow. And then I think we'll take Crawley to extra time, and we'll beat them in extra time. I think we're going to draw against Gillingham. I think we had two good results against them last year, didn't we? Didn't we do the double over them? Yeah, I think mm. we're going to draw against Gillingham. Yeah. I think we're going to beat Barrow. And I think Ollie Palmer's going to give his old club Crawley a few problems and we'll get through. And then we'll lose to Peter Barrow on Tuesday. But that was obviously the fifth day game in 11 days. And we'll worry about that next week. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week, that one. That's very optimistic, boys. I don't know what's <laughs> happened to you, mate. <laughs> yeah. We're going to win all, win all three. No, no, no. Oh, draw no, draw against Gillingham. Draw against Gillingham. Yeah, yeah. Gonna draw. I, th- I think... I think... I think we might draw against Gillingham, but we'll probably lose. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit on my fence. There's always one. There's always one. There's always one. If I was pushed, I'd say we'd go with one, 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 one. He's even putting scorelines on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going all <laughs> in. Next, they'll be telling us the goal uh, scorers and who assists the goal, isn't it? Goal scorers. Yeah. Minutes, reckon, minutes yeah. Joe Piggott and the <laughs> who gets the man of the match? Left foot volley. Um. Player. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think we could nick a draw at Gillingham. Uh, Barrow, I don't know enough about Barrow. I think it's a bit of a banana skin, if I'm honest. I saw them play Cambridge the other week. They're not very good. Yeah, but neither are we, mate. <laughs> We're League One, they're League Two, and they're struggling. Yeah, League two. fair point. Yeah, yeah, I reckon we'd beat Barrow and then beat Crawley and then win the FA Cup. 
quite easily led there, aren't you? <laughs> yes, mate. Yeah. I'm, I'm, let he, me go he first. He got off that fence quite quickly, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he climbed right down as soon as he got punched. Fancy <laughs> <Bumpy> dumpy. <laughs> The next poor call was we're going to be discussing the youth setup. Uh, wondering if the youth setup is getting, are we getting enough from the youth setup? Are we getting players uh, coming into our first team? Are we bridging that gap from youth to first team? Or is the Brentford B model the best way to go uh, and something we need to look for, look to? So I know, Boise, you've got some views on that that you'd like to put across as well. Uh, and you're quite passionate about that. So if you want to start off with that, mate. I wouldn't say I'm overly passionate about it, but I look at the youth set up and I feel like sometimes the cards are stacked against us. And when I mean what I mean by that is the EPPP, which came in in 2011, the Elite Players Performance Plan favours the big clubs. So, you know, they can poach our players for basically next to nothing. And there's not really much we can do about it. And, you know, you look at the players that we've lost over the years, you know, there's a list of them. You know, we've lost um, Ajayi, Manone, uh, Leo Castledown recently. Um, who else have we lost? Um, we lost Patrick Roberts, but I don't think he came under that because I think that was before the academy. Um, Ryan Sweeney, we got a sale for. Um just touch, touching on that, we've, I've gone through and over the past five years, we've sold two of our youth players for money. And that was Toby Civic, who we sold to Barnsley for 203000 And Ryan Sweeney, who you just mentioned, who we sold to Stoke for 266000 So that's, what, just shy of £500,000 a year? Yeah, but I think... Now... Sorry, Jake. The... That's what I mean. You've mentioned you said two, but I think we've we've sold more than that. We've sold two keepers, uh, Joe Berzik and Will Mannion. Those were compensation deals. Yeah, but yeah, but we've got money for two youth team players, and I think they were quite decent, decent amounts as well. I think it was about half a million for the two of them. So we've not just sold two of the players. Sorry to cut in there with guys because I, I just right. want to make sure we were aware that yeah, it was. It's not just two players we sold. We are, we are, even if we're getting compensation for these players, we are. We with what Boise just said with regards to the players that we've we've bought on and then they've gone. We are getting good money for them players. Uh, I, I just looked at what I looked at and is that I've got five players that I can pick that I think are going to be in the first team, hopefully soon. And we've got to be quite proud of what we're doing with our youth team to get these players in. We we finished the game on Saturday with three youth team in that squad. Sorry, Jay, go back to the point that you were saying. Well, obviously, I've 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 found the two that we've sold, and know how much the the I've been able to find out how much we sold them for. Obviously, I did know about the two keepers, and I thought that was compensation. But as far as I was aware, the compensation was peanuts, if I'm wrong. Yeah, Fair enough, I'll hold my hands I think, up. I think it was, quite, um, it was not a bad amount, to be fair. I think it's about half not a, a bad amount of money for the two of them, which half ain't bad million. for two so, people that have never played first-team football. Looking at, if you're looking at 500,000 for those two keepers, 
450,000 for Civic and Sweeney. That's what, just shy of a mil. Hmm. The academy costs £500,000 a year to run. So are we, as a club, reaping enough benefits from spending that amount of money a year on players from, what, the ages of eight all the way up to 18? Yes, we do have a few players in in and around our first team at the minute, which obviously could still be sold for more money. But is, is... are we reaping the benefits of, of, of it, basically? Is it making us enough money? Because a lot of our youth players go on a free. No, I, see, I, I think we need to look away from is it making us money? Because no youth team is going to make you money. No, you look at the biggest clubs in the world, none of their youth team really makes a great amount of money. They don't really sell their youth team players on. They want them to step up into the first team or they just get released and then they drop down into lower levels. I'm looking at our youth team as in it's a community project as well what we've done from when we first started to where we are now we've got players in our youth team of Archie Proctor Jack Madeline you've got Matt Cox who looks like he's going to be a, a great find if we can keep him again if we can't we, we, we'll have to sell him on but we will make money from him uh, Yuboa the, the striker looks good and one I really am quite excited about is uh, Kwaku Frimpong he looks a real player and I think that's where we need to be looking at as I said, we had three youth team players finish the game against Rochdale. Uh, there's no Paul K in there. There was no Osu. That's five players that could be in that first team squad. And that's where you're getting your money back. We're not spending big money on wages, especially with the COVID effect at the moment as well. You, you, they're not going to be getting paid five grand a week. They're not getting on Appia's money. So that's where we got to look at. We are doing such a good job with our youth team that they are, they are bridging that gap there. But my worry with our youth team is we never get told like David Fisher has a squad number. He's now just been released or he's got, he's gone to Hampton Richmond. Apparently they've signed him full time. We've got registration over him, but I don't even know what that means. And the club hadn't even announced it. Yeah. The club comes, uh, I, I feel like we could have a completely, a completely different chat about the club communications, but especially yeah. in terms of, that's another podcast. Uh, yeah. That's a no, Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, you're right. So I didn't even know that David Fisher had gone. So that just tells you everything. And I like to try and keep up to date as much as possible. So. Yeah, same. And as I said he was. He's got a squad number. If you look on our, our first team on the website on the official site, he's down as a squad player. But now he's got. We've got his registration, but he's playing for Hampton. But I don't, I don't know what that means. But Lee, boy, so you were saying. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, going back right? to your point about the bigger clubs. Um, you know, they they have their academy players and did you say that they're not too worried about selling them on? Or they're not? They don't really sell them on, I don't think. I think you even, you you know, football, you get released. They like You look at Chelsea, how many youth team players have got? I, I'm going to over-exaggerate, but they've probably got about 500 players in their youth youth academy. They just stock up, stockpile and then release. They don't care what's happening to them. So this players. is the... Where we, I was going to say, this is the problem with EPPP is, you know, they can afford to stockpile the players. They can come to the lower league teams, you know, the tier three teams such as us, pinch them for next to nothing. You know, there's next to no compensation. 
and just stockpile them. And if they do release them, you know, the Premier League and, you know, the Chelsea's and Man United's of this world, they have so much money, it doesn't matter if they release them. If you look at West Ham, for example, they picked up a summer Ashley in the summer. I'm sure that might be a player we wanted to keep, but couldn't afford a wage. Whilst if they can afford to, you know, invest in him for two more years, if it doesn't work out, show him the door. If it does work out, you know, great bit of business for them. So the, the, the summer Ashley one's a bit sore for me, really, because... He got injured. We gave him a contract while he was injured. We supported him while he was injured. And then, unfortunately, COVID happened. Uh, we had to cut back on our... Uh, uh, somewhere. We had to cut back some wages. So that's why we lost Wordsworth, Wagstaff, uh, first-team players, decent first-team players who probably, if we didn't have COVID, probably would still be with us. But we had to cut back. And some of our youth team had to be cut as well. So we lost Osama, Ashley. Uh, we lost the centre-back... Reuben Collins. Collins, who was I love Reuben Collins. He was, if you ever chatted to him in the bar, he was an absolute legend to speak to. He got the club, he loved it. He he would have loved to stay, but unfortunately, we had to cut back somewhere. Uh, I don't. Again, going back to say COVID, I don't think that's helped with regards to our loans. Last season, we we did let some good loans out. Robinson went out on loan and and done really well in men's football. I don't see many of our youth team players going on loan as much now this season. I think we've got one or two on loan. But we need to be getting four, five, six, seven players into men's football. Matt Cox needs to be playing men's football. He can't, he, unless we, he ain't going to be on that bench yet. So we need to get him out and playing football. And that's where I think we don't bridge the gap with our youth team. Uh, but going back to your point, Boise, with regards to the, the big team stockpiling, they're going to do that anywhere. They're going to take Roch, Manu are going to go to Rochdale and take their youth team players. We get Chelsea taking a couple of hours. But what we do well is we sell the club well. So Mark Robinson, Rob Turvey, they sell our club really well. Uh, and I think it was maybe Barnet. I might be wrong here, Barnet or someone like that, they lost their youth team. We sent out a tweet saying, if there's any young players who want to come down and play, go on trial or stuff like that, they can come down. And we will. it's what Wimbledon FC used to do. Wimbledon FC, if you look, there was an interview with Chris Perry. I think it was on Socrem, and he said, all my mates are taking the, the piss out of me because they're playing on these lovely grass pitches and I'm playing on concrete. But he had the chance to play first-team football. There was a structure there that he was going to go from youth team up. And he did. And how many, we had so many youth team players that went through Wimbledon FC's youth up to the first team. And I think that's what we're trying to do now. And one more point, because I don't want to go on all the time. But another point that we've got <laughs> as well is I, we've been a victim of our own success as well, where we've gone up the league so quickly and, and better than we thought we would do. Some of our players, unfortunately, are not our youth team players are not good enough in, say, League One, but they would be in the conference. Like Alfie Egan, for example, he's he's doing well at yeah. uh, Ebbsfleet now. They're a conference South team, so that's his level. When we when we were when we signed him and stuff, we were looking at Conference League Two, and maybe he should step up there. But I think we have been a victims of our own success. So, do you think that if we were to have this conversation in two, three, four years' time, there'd be a lot more? youth team players coming through that we think would be at the League One or but again, League we've Two got, Championship. We've level. got five in our squad now that have come for our youth. I know, Boise, you said, we were speaking the other day and you were saying, like, if you look, Will, Will was nearly out the door the other week, really. They said like, it was documented they wanted him to go out on loan. We've got injuries, so he's come in. Some people don't think Hartican's good enough, but then other people think he's well beat uh, uh, Paul Kay. Can I 
say one thing about Anthony Hartigan, and I would I would die on this hill. Hartigan annoys me. It, it, and he annoys me, right? Because I don't know when he came on the scene, right? He was like the best thing since sliced bread. He was going to be, you know, he was the gem that we'd found. He was what the when he was seventeen, he won uh, young player of the EFL award That's or something correct. like that, didn't he? The academy, something academy. like that, academy yeah. award. See, and I would die until I think Anthony Hartigan would be a lot better I agree. in a better side, where he's got loads of time on the ball. Uh, you know, he's I wouldn't say a luxury player, but where he can just sit back and spray it left and right. I think he'd thrive if he was in, even at a higher level, maybe. But where the the type of football that uh, current day Wimbledon play, I that's why it annoys me. Because got, does he do the dirty work? Does he do the donkey work? I'm not so sure. We got here, James. We're going right off tangent here. We, we, we could yeah, again. Know, this but... is another. I think uh, one we need to save and put to another podcast because. I I I like Anthony Arkham, but again, he frustrates the life out of me. But I do agree with what mm. you're saying with regards to if he was in a better team, with more like on Saturday against Rochdale, he he looked better when we had two attacking players in front of him. Uh, uh, but again, going back to my, let's go back to the youth point is that uh, we've got five youth team players that have come through our youth ranks in that squad. That that's good going. You can't say that ain't decent. So who who are the five? Well, got, sorry, there was three that finished, uh, but there usually would be five. I think last season we had five. So yeah. we got Will, Anthony Hartigan, you got Rudy, Paul Kay, and Osu. See, from we looking at them yeah. five, I mean, if we look at our strongest lineup, I don't think our strongest lineup include any of them five. You know, left wing back you got Seddon, centre back Nightingale was almost out the door, looking at a loan spell possibly at Conference. Hartigan is. You know, a bit like Marmite at the moment. And I don't think Paul Kalambay mm. gets in at centre-back. And I think if we want to develop our youth, I don't really understand why we've brought in Steve Seddon, to be honest with you. I mean, I love Steve Seddon. I think he's class. But we're effectively developing um, a Birmingham City left-back. You know, we've got Nesta Guinness-Walker on the bench. Or, well, he rarely makes the bench now. Osu's nowhere to be seen. When surely the whole point of our youth setup is to develop these players like Osu and then sell them on for a profit. I think when you when you get offered the chance of getting a setting in, I think you have to take it though. He was so good in the season we stayed up. If you get offered that player, I think you have to take that. And that's what I'm saying. This is why I'm 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 about seventy five percent for our youth team. Love them. I think they're brilliant. The other twenty five, I think we need to project. Like oh, I get what you're saying. We need to go right. Osu's our left back. We've got Nesta Guinness Wilcox. Okay, he didn't come for our youth, but he's a young player. Let's let's get them. But then. Is Osu good enough? That's the problem. And uh, some fans will say, yeah, they think he's brilliant. And some, again, with Wimbledon and Wimbledon fans, it's it's either high ground or low ground. You don't get any middle ground. They're either really shit or they're really good. There's no in-between. And I think that's what Andy Hartigan's got at the moment as well. He, I thought he was brilliant on Saturday, but then next week he, he could be pants again. But Yeah, I, 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 thought, he was, I thought he was good on Saturday. And, and I, I feel sorry for Nesta Guinness-Walker because I thought he had a good pre-season, a good start of the season this year, so, um, when, if I'm honest. When you get said, obviously said you have to take. It. I agree with. I agree with you. Uh, it's it's an it's it's no contest really, um, but QPR came in for Osu last season. Um, his contract was almost up. He ended up signing a new contract, and two years something like that. 
um, should we have cashed in on him? If Because obviously the idea is that he was our starting left-back at the time. Um, he signed a new deal. Uh, and now essentially he's our third choice left-back. So it is his market value less or more now than it was when we rejected the I think the offer being fan-owned and you know, having an academy set up, we have to look to churn out these these youth products for profit. You know, like you said, like you alluded to, cost around about 500k net to run the academy. You know, over the next 10 years, that'll be close to five million pounds. Um, you could imagine the amount of Lyle Taylors you could sign for that amount of money. For example, you could have you could sign one or two star players every season for 500k, um, and for it to be sustainable, I think we have to keep churning out these youth products and try selling them on like Sweeney and Civic. And the only way we're going to get money from them is by playing them, um, you know, putting them in the shop window. So now also going from first choice to not even making a bench, it can only be doing us harm in the long run. But no, I totally agree with you what you're saying there, obviously. But like last season we had parent offers for Osu and apparent offers for Nesta Guinness Walker. But again, as fans, we don't know if they're, they are on the table or not. We just hear the rumours that, say, Blackburn, for example, are looking at Osu, QPR are looking at Nesta, or Brentford now are looking at Nesta. So, uh, talking about Brentford, there's something that you said, again, when we spoke personally, is about Brentford's B. I, I'm not, I don't know much about it, to be fair. I don't really look at what Brentford's do. All I know is that we signed Marcus Falls from Brentford. Uh, the midfielder's gone back to Brentford now. The, the uh, centre midfielder. I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to bother. Oxenen. Yeah, that's the one. Oxenen. Jacko. Let's call him Jacko. He's gone back to get fit. Uh, We've still got him on loan, but he's gone back to do his uh, his rehabilitation back there. Uh, You said about Mads the other week when I spoke to you, Boise, about Mads. Mads. I I don't think Mads is as good as Paul K. I was just going to say, Mads started against Wickham uh, the other day. I was watching some of the game because my iFollow was down. Um, so I've switched over to theirs um, and noticed he was starting. But yeah, Brentford scrapped their academy because they felt there was too much competition in the area with Crystal Palace, Fulham. Um, I suppose they compete with Watford as well, Chelsea. Um, so they scrapped their academy because they felt it cost too much money and moved to a beating model. So they tried to pick up the best Premier League players or overseas players which fall through the net. Um, and if you look at that beating model, I mean, we've got we've had Force and Mads on loan last season. Force just scored against the World Cup winners, France, you know, in the international duty. And Jacko seems to be one of our better midfielders. So it makes you think, you know, is the academy the be all and end all when it's costing you 500k a year? That's that's my counter argument. And when you look at our strongest eleven, I don't think it includes any academy players. Yeah, we so the. The Brentford, the Brentford model was started by, um, was it Robert Rowan, the late Robert Rowan. Um, he was 24, 25 when he took over the head of operations or head of football or something at Brentford. And he died, he died a couple of years ago, I think. Really sad. Um, and since 2016, I think, when it came in, uh, the Brentford B have produced... Uh, 15 first-team players. So 15 of the Brentford B team have gone on to play for the first team. Obviously, Marcus Force, uh, Mads being two of them. Now, and that's within the space of four years. Um, 
and like Boise said, what they do is they, they instead of investing at kids at eight, keeping them and paying for them for 10 years, they scrap that and grab them at 15, 16, 17 when these Premier League clubs like Chelsea, United, whoever, Tottenham, um, release all their youth team players every year. They've already got relationships with these bigger <coughs> clubs. Uh, relationships with these bigger clubs that they get sort of the first dibs on all, on all these players. And some of them obviously won't come good, but it's a lot cheaper to run. And but, you get, you would, you could say, get a better return for your money, your investment, because you're getting first James, team quality players within three or four let years. Let me just jump in there, Jay. Like, we all know what Marcus Force can do. I think he's one of the, probably the best naturally gifted striker we're ever going to see at AFC Wimbledon. He was brilliant for us. But when do Brentford B and Brentford, which one's the B team? Because they sell everything from their first team. Everything that goes from B team to first team, they end up selling. So they literally are one big B team because they're not, they're not, yeah, so they're not so... picking up players to stay with them for years and stuff like that. They just sold Ben Rama. Who else have they sold recently? They, they've made shed. They sold, they sold, they've sold Ben Rama for 30 million. They've sold Ollie Watkins for 26 million. Now they cost them you know, peanuts compared to that sort of money. So it's actually quite an interesting model because they, they pick up these young players, they invest in them uh, at 15, 16, 17 or whatever, and then sell them on if they can for big money, which then funds more of these players. And that with the end goal being, let's get into the Premier League. So if they got promoted last year, they wouldn't have sold Ben Rama. Yeah. They wouldn't have sold Watkins. No, but then they didn't get promoted so that, so... and then they had to sell them first. And then they, it's again, it's a, it's a circle of them just being one giant big B team. Uh, well, that's why I, well, it's a business. Yeah, and that's I get, uh, and that's why I go back to our youth team is that we are, and going back to, I don't know how old you boys are, you're probably younger than I am. Wimbledon FC was just a big, youth, we used to get some great youth team players that we used to just go through the ranks. They go from 8, 10, 12, up to our first team. You don't have that with Brentford. Again, again, Ollie Watkins, he'll stay for a year or two. He'll come from, I can't remember where he came from. It's League, yeah, it League 2 team. And then all he wanted to do at Brentford was just stone again. And, and, and they make loads of money yeah. out of it. I like the fact that we've got players coming to us and going, right, I'll go, I'll play for Wimbledon. I get what it means. I'm going to play at Plough Lane and I am going to make it as a first team footballer. And then we go, right, we won't step in your way if you want to go to a big move. But how, how how many of those have done that, or will do We've that? Got five in our first team right now. Yeah, that's that's and not. And do you bad... think we'll sell Nightingale for? <laughs> yeah, we know, are still trying to find it's... that one. But you're looking at Brentford are in the Championship, and the players that they're selling to Premiership teams, they they are getting inflated. But every in, like you look at Watkins, Watkins he's showing it now. But twenty five million for a championship player is huge nowadays, isn't it? We're not going to sell our fortune. But I understand what you're saying about the, um, you know, you you get them, you you mould them. They want to go and play at Plough Lane or whatever, and and you're looking for that one player that's going to make us mega money. But what if that was Castledine, and now Chelsea have come in, got him for peanuts? Yeah, but what about if it's Frimpong? So who's that? We've got five in the first team now. But I said I, I've got five names on my on my sheet now that I'm looking at and thinking these five could really go on and become big. Matt Cox is playing for England, and, and again another one. I know he don't play for us anymore, and we lost him. Joe Berzik, I think he played for Stoke. Did he play for Stoke that yeah. day? 
yeah, and he was part of our youth team. And goalkeepers, we're struggling with with youth goalkeepers, I think, because we don't have a first. I don't goalkeeper. think we're going to keep Matt Cox for very long. Being in the England England under eighteen setup, I think there's going to be bigger clubs sniffing around for him. And then, unfortunately, again, we lose him for next to nothing due to the EPPP ruling. Um, so it's it's quite frustrating for me. You say about yeah. we're looking for the one that we can turn into big money. But I feel like the, the good players or the elite players, they move on to bigger and better clubs. You know, Tyler Berry, we wanted to sign a contract. His agent sniffed around and got him a move to Millwall. Dan Agai, we wanted to tie him down. Again, agent got involved and got him a contract at Burnley. And, you know, when we played Chelsea in the FA Youth Cup, um, I don't know if people remember or not, but, you know, their starting lineup had Baxter, Chabola, Tomori, Mason Mount, Abraham, to name a few players. And how much wages were they on back then? But, you know, they... I was just about to say, I was going to bring them up because as I say to you, look how far, this is, and again, this is how far we've come with our youth team, is that we were in the FA Youth Cup against Chelsea and they were playing Tammy Abram on about 25 grand a week when he was at that age. Do you know what I mean? So it's, you, it's hard to compete when we're up against people who are paying 25 grand a week and we're paying 500 quid a week. But we're looking for them players who are getting let go by Chelsea. Who are getting dumped and getting put on that pile and going, we you're not good enough. And we're going, actually, you are going to be good enough. Come play for look at Jamie Vardy, for example. He got dumped, he went down, he went played lower levels. We're looking at young kids now and going, right, you can be the next Jamie Vardy. Come and play for us. And you I think Matt Cox will stay. I don't think he'll leave because why would he leave and then go play for a Brentford B or a reserve team, Man U Reserves, for example, never play football. And then come to us in a couple of years. He could be our first team keeper. We're looking for a first team keeper in a couple of years. We're not looking for one now, obviously, because we keep doing this loans. I think it all really just comes out of the money. Like you said, Abraham was on twenty five grand a week at Chelsea under eighteens at the time. You know, and if I'm if I'm Matt Cox right now, and a bigger club starts offering you that kind of money, or you might be able to become Wimbledon first team keeper in a two three years time. I don't know. At that age, at that age, I think I know which way I'm heading personally. But that's this is why football. At least again, I think we're going to have to have another discussion on this later, like on a different episode because money and football. If my job now, if someone said to me, Lee, you can move to a, a rival company and we're going to pay you five hundred pound more a month, I'm not going to go. No, nah, no, nah, but I love this company. They're really nice. They like they treat me well. All the colleagues. No, nah, I'm going off for five hundred pound. It's the same in football. We get so stuck on everyone has to stay like this. This our club. If someone goes for a grand a week, we're like, ah, oh, like Judas. It's like, well, no, he's getting paid more money. It's like, do you know what I mean? If Matt Cox got offered 25 grand tomorrow to go play for Chelsea's big team or reserve team under 23, and he'd go. Obviously, most people would. But I think at the moment, we're giving him an opportunity to, to go up uh, and fin. So we've got about five minutes left on this uh, subject, boys. So is there anything closing arguments that we might have? Because I'm. I think our youth team do a great job. I want to just quickly say well done to Mark Robinson and Rob Turvey on the recent uh, Alliance Trophy win as well. Uh, well done to the boys yes, for bringing that back. Agreed. Up. Yeah, super. It is a superb, superb. win. Um, albeit it was an interesting goal for those who haven't seen it. Make sure to go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt sorry for the Robin. Well, I didn't feel sorry for him because <laughs> I mean, you just got mugged. But uh, yeah. As a young Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, he gets, he gets released. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's, that's where we yeah. can snap up and develop when Matt Cox goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, 
Yeah. Anything else you want to say, Jane? No, I think that's um, that's pretty much it, mate. To be fair, I think not a lot of good stuff. No, I'm, I'm all for the women and yeah. youth team, and you two obviously are not. So yeah. we no, it's can't not, wait it's for you guys to go it's down Flower Lane and all the youth team are there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get it's more, on. it's more, it's more the fact that it's not that I don't agree with the youth team. It's just more that could. No, I was joking. You know, is, is the is the Brentford model more sustainable? Is it more? Do you understand what no, I'm I think it's, something? Is, it, is that the future? I think it's a great is, discussion. You know, they're, they're one of the first teams to do it. Yeah. And I think it's a great discussion. It is, and it is, it is, they are reaping the benefits because they've gone from almost going out of business to, you know, they arguably should have been promoted to the Premier League last no, year. I, they, I think it's a great discussion. Everyone will have their views on it. Uh, and what I'd love is if someone from the AFC Women Academy wanted to come on. And speak to us about the ins and outs because we're again we're fans. We we don't know the ins and outs of the youth. We don't know how much the youth team players getting paid. I doubt they're going to come on and tell us all that. But if if yeah. someone from the academy wants to come on and speak to us about the youth and what happens behind the scenes, how they are trying to get them onto loan moves and try and get them from our under 18s to the first team, because I thought back in the old days when you used to have a reserve team, you used to have youth that used to clean boots. I don't get why that system was ever scrapped. You've got young kids now running around like they've made it because they get two and a half grand a week to play for Chelsea's 18s. So you don't make it until you make a first-team appearance, in my eyes, at any club. So if they want to come on and speak to us about it, then hopefully uh, someone yeah, will get in contact uh, and we'll discuss the uh, the youth with them. Uh, and I think, again, as I say, it's a great discussion. Nothing else on Anything me, you want to add, Boise? Cool. Well, so we'll move on. We'll move on to... Uh, Five-a-side teams. Right, so the next thing we're going to be talking about tonight is the five-a-side teams. Your Wimbledon FC slash AFC Wimbledon five-a-side teams. So if you had to get a team down goals tonight in their prime, who would you be having? There's no subs. you just got your five who's just going to smash the goals league to bits. So... Starting off with goalkeepers. So, Jamie, who have you got in goal for your well, team? I've actually thought about goalkeepers a lot because, obviously, down at goals, you've got those tiny little tiny little goals, don't you? So, I'm thinking maybe Truman or Trot was my initial thought because they're small, right? They'd be able to get down quicker. Uh, and then I quickly got rid of that idea. Cause, yeah, I would have done as well. Yeah, yeah. You? But it was just, you know, I was trying to think outside the box. Um <laughs> Uh, and narrowed it down to Aaron Ramsdale or Neil Sullivan. Oh, so predictable. Yeah, you I know. know. Go on, mate. You know what? I went with the same two as well. So I, I <laughs> didn't get a memo. I thought we were doing both a Wimbledon team and an AFC Wimbledon father side. So I didn't get a memo. Uh, I've uh, gone. I've gone. I've gone with Rambo. Uh, I know he's only with us for six six months, but so I've, I've, yeah, whether it's predictable or not, mate. <laughs> you, you you can talk about your team. I'm talking about my team. He's a Premier sorry, League, he's sorry. a Premier League goalkeeper for someone else. But he, but he played for us. Uh, so yeah, I've gone with Rambo. He's he's the best goalkeeper I've seen in a Wimbledon shirt. Um, he's decent. Yeah, yeah he's a, that's not a bad choice yeah. to be fair. You you've done all right with that one. Uh, getting most people's five or side teams. Boise, who are you putting in goal? 
Um, I went with Rambo as well. So copying Jamie is a bit predictable. I know Lee will be disappointed with that. But um, nah. I've got Rambo. Like I said, it's he's small goals. He's you know good shot stopper. He'll keep he'll keep all the goals out, mate. So that's who I've gone with as well. To, to be fair, I think if you, you when we put this out, we're going to put it out to everyone to send in their five side teams as well. And most people are going to go with Rambo as well. He's one of the best keepers that you ever see at Wimbledon FC, AFC Wimbledon through the years. He's class. I get it. Jamie had an awful shout a minute ago with Trot. The geezer couldn't catch, so I don't know why he's playing five aside. But, uh, but he's small. With, he, he, get that, he gets with, down. We were talking about small goalkeepers, talking about legendary goalkeepers. I've gone for Hans Sagers. Hans right? Sagers. He's exactly what you want at goals, right? He's going to be putting players off. He's going to, be, if it's coming off the boards, he's there. He's only five foot eleven as well, so he's perfect for the goals. And, and he's probably one of again one of the greatest keepers we ever put on a women's shirt. And, and that's and I think him threading the ball, you know, goalkeepers they throw it straight down to their striker. If you're good at five side, you've got good formation. You throw it straight down to the striker. Hans Sager's going to do that all day long. My only worry with Hans is if we need to win and stuff, and he's been given a little. See, my, my, counter argument, my, <laughs> my counter argument to that is that save which Rambo made against Luton, you know, when it was deflected, probably one of the best saves I've seen. Um, That's in one person. of the best saves I've ever seen. And when you think down yeah. goals, the amount of shots which are deflected, you know. Um, yeah, but that's how red right in goals. Yeah, but that's still, safe. yeah, but it's still going to be deflected shots, isn't it? Below, below head height. And, you know, you're going to get Rambo's, you know, cat-like reflexes to get down and stop them. So... That's why I'm I'd just like to say, I think Lee's choice of Hans Sagers is just so predictable. <laughs> so, so predictable, Hans Sagers. Has Hans Sagers predictable? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of our uh, listeners who are going to be backing me up. And then obviously the young kids are going to be going Rambo. Well, I've, all I've the, never, I've all never the people that him. don't really know much about football, they're always, all going to be going Rambo, aren't they? So it's fine. Ooh, to be fair, all the people who... Oh, that's the, a low blow, mate. All the people who don't know much about football are going to say Nathan Trott, isn't it? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> or Truman, he's only been like six months. Yeah, well, I'd get yeah, the clean I don't mind Truman. He's doing all right. Well, right. You're having him in your your Wimbledon FC, AFC Wimbledon. You had to pick one now. Right, right, I need to get one in their prime. You're calling out Connor Truman. No, Connor I just Truman. said that my initial thought was they're small and the goals are small, and I was trying to, you know, not be predictable. So you're you picking Hans Sagers in five foot eleven. I've never, yeah. I've never, I've never Unreal. seen Hans Sagers play. Oh, yeah, I'm real, mate. Greatest goalkeeper ever, but yeah. You've greatest made your choice Greatest goalkeeper ever or just in a Wimbledon shirt? I reckon he's one of the greatest goalkeepers ever. Ever? Hans Sagers. I'm real. That is, that, is, that is a bold shout. Go watch some VHS yeah. if you still got a VHS. What's that? Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Go watch some Hans Sagers VHS, mate. You'd open your eyes. But yeah, he'd be perfect. Also, he's perfect for my formation, which is... One two one. Well, one one two one because you've got your goalkeeper. But yeah, yeah, one two one. Well, let's talk about formations because I, I don't. I, I don't. What is the best five aside formation? It's, uh, it's got to be one two one. You know, you got one, that two, anchor one. at the back. Only... You got the two two in middle, and you got that goal scorer up top. There is yeah. only one formation. One two one. <laughs> and when one, you two, hear one. my team, you'll go. Oh, Did... With that team, this Did is you not one... go for like the unorthodox two uh, two two. It depends you know, on. Two, but, Who, like what square. is your formation for your team? One two one. <laughs> oh, here we go. Look, right. So you're back in two two. You ain't even picked it. So if you were no. going two two, I'd understand. Right. So you're two two. Then I'd. Yeah. You've got to then 
put good, like I want to hear your players with a two two, and now you've messed it up with a one two one. What's your come yeah, on, two two? I've just gone extra 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 predictable. I well, I I can't do a two two because <laughs> I've got a one two one. He's had a western here, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> right, Jamie. Let's say you're let's say you're one two one, or let's say you're centre back. I well, think we're all play, we're all playing one two one. So who's our centre backs? Yeah, yeah. So I've gone I've gone for Marcus Gale uh, because obviously he played for both Wimbledon and AFC. <laughs> That's your only reason he played. He played <laughs> Yeah, no, but no, hear me out. Right, sorry, because he played, he played as a centre-half for AFC Wimbledon, so he can do it at the back. And he played as a, a centre-forward for Wimbledon FC, so he can do it up front. And, you know, five sides, very fluid, very fluid. So, you know, he might find himself up there. What is it? So he'll be able to do it. Have you got anything to say to this ridiculous statement, or can I just jump in, please? No, I'll let you jump in. You know, see, I can see on this video you're. Right. The goals Marcus Gow scored were mainly headers, weren't they? Like, he scored some great headers. Yeah. Uh, can't header in five aside. Manchester United. You can header in five aside. No, not allowed to head, you're not allowed to header the ball once. That's a free kick to the other team. So, yeah. Can you not? not I haven't played I'm five aside. I'm not having Marcus Gow at You've got a poor team at the moment, mate. Right, so I've gone with, and it ain't even a centre-back, because you don't have to play a centre-back in that position at five-a-side. I've gone with someone that you need, right, who everyone's going to be shit-scared of, right, Ben Thatcher. Ben you ain't going to go across he, the boards with him, are you? Yeah. Thatcher, it was between Gale and Thatcher. You're going to be wearing a board <laughs> if you get near the ball. That five-a-side five turning into four-a-side when he gets sent off for an elbow after five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> To risk I'm willing to take one. <laughs> see my centre, my centre half. See, like I said, I done both a Wimbledon team and an AFC Wimbledon team. So if I was going for a Wimbledon team, I'd go for Chris Perry. If I was going for an AFC Wimbledon team, I was torn between Barry Fuller and Darius Charles. I'd go Fuller, captain. You don't pull that face at me. That's what I'd go for. Or, or can, I can, can see, I, can I can I just... see Jamie's argument of not actually playing a defender at centre back. So you could go for somebody like a Danny Borman who will hunt everything down. You know, chuck him at the back, and he'll be a menace. Yeah, come. You've just picked four players. You got to pick one, mate. He's he's four. No, that's my whole five as I team. Let's put them in. Park the bus. He's like just named yeah. like no, ten players. No, you know what? I'm going. I'm going Chris Barry. <laughs> going Chris Barry. Uh, that's a good shout. Uh, that's not. Uh, yeah, that's right. the best shout. That's the best. Yeah, Barry before, Fuller. Mate. As much as I love Barry Fuller, he's a bit immobile. Uh, who else did you? Have? Who else? Oh, Darius Charles. Charles. I love the guy. Mate, good, good, and I, yeah, it's not a bad shout, but he's made a glass again, so Ben Thatcher would just smash him. <laughs> Game over, uh, and I get you, Danny Borman. Red card. Yeah, Danny Borman running all day long. So what? Once you hear my two in my midfield area, they're 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 we'll going there, mate. You're itching, they're, itching they're running, so they're running rings around. Who's your two? Who's your two? Right, so my two, the wizard, Robert Ursel, Michael Hughes, oh. Robert Ursel. He's, I've got two wizards to be fair because I've got Michael Hughes as yeah. well. I've got Robert Ursel <laughs> and Michael Hughes. Robert Ursel, you're not gonna, you're not gonna believe Ursel it, mate. Would, I think I've redeemed Ursel's myself. Unreal at skills. And what do you want in a five side against the Bolts? He's he's breaking people's legs and he ain't even moved. Do you know what I mean? And well, he was a world world class futsal. Player, that's what I've got to say. Which is basically five side. Well, I actually played against uh, so what, five side on Goldsmith team like a couple of years ago, and yeah. He is ridiculously good. Okay. The thing is, he didn't yeah. like the tackling. I think he's used to the foot cells. He kept complaining when people would like, barge him. But 
It that wouldn't happen in my wouldn't happen oh, against my team because I've got Ben Thatcher just behind him. <laughs> so you're not you're not going to be smashing Rob Ursel because Ben Thatcher's coming steaming in. Other than Danny Ball I mean, in your team, he's going to be about a week late. Uh, <laughs> but then, and then I've got Michael Hughes, who there's nothing really you can say. Oh, the geezer's unreal. He's a he's be, best best player I've ever seen in a woman's show, Michael Hughes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. No, no, no. I, I loved do, him. but yeah, I lo- I loved him. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a bit boring. But my midfield too is Rob Ersel. No, oh, I see too. You know something about football. I've from that Nathan Trot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were far behind, but yeah. I didn't. I can't him, wait for did voices. You know what I mean? What's he got? You know what? I actually had. I actually had Michael Hughes and Andy Bartram just because Andy Bartram's skills is what I had in midfield. You know, it's it's skin skin up the whole team. Um, but I feel like as everyone's gone for Michael Hughes, I'm going to mix it up. Go for old Vinnie Jones, captain. He'll smash up everyone in the team. And have Bartram. He'll spin up everyone in the he's team. Your, he's, he's your uh, answer to Ben he's Thatcher. He's my Ben Thatcher. Yeah. Who do you fancy out of them two? Ben Thatcher all day long. Vinnie Jones for me. Ooh. Vinnie Jones is oh, a fake hard nut. Ben Thatcher is the real deal, mate. <laughs> all right. I think, I think Vinnie, if he's you're a listening... Film, he's a film star you hard nut, mate. You should... You should you should come onto the you should come onto the podcast and uh, and then Lee can tell you that to your face. Well, well when we, when we yeah. start doing this face to face, yeah, and he can come down then. I'll get Ben Thatcher down, back me up. But uh, yeah, I they're, they're a good side. As I said, I nearly had I nearly picked Mickey Haswell because we're both from the same place in Essex, really. Yeah, Chigwell. That was it. That was the only reason I was going to put him in. I mean, he's he was the face of faces, and that's he's a why left, he's a left back when he has well. Yeah. Are you going to stick him in centre midfield? Well, no, I was just going to put him anywhere. Just going to put him anywhere. Just he's from the same neck of woods as me. Yeah. And if anyone's from there, given the legends, f- aren't they? So, oh right, okay. <laughs> uh, I, wanted to, the... I wanted to give a, um, I wanted to give an honourable mention to Oivin Leonardson. Uh, Shout, yeah. It was between him and Ursel, but I thought I'd throw. I'd throw I'd... It was the futsal oh, that did it for me. It was the futsal that did it for me. Another one of all, the best all... players I've ever seen in a woman's Leo was unreal, to yeah. be fair to him. And that's, yeah. Again, we I reckon we could have had about three or four mm. different five-a-side teams. Jamie's is about 50 years old, though, all these players. Like, sorry, my, my team's whacking Jamie's all over the place. I think, then, I think, I think we should... I reckon it'd be 10-0. 10-0. You don't my, know I've got re- a front yet. What we'll do, after, after we've done this, we'll put a vote out as well. So you've got the best team. to say whose team would win a five-a-side tournament out of three of them. At, and if people don't vote for me, then it's because it's me. That's why. <laughs> a charity five-a-side tournament. Not because of my team. Couldn't we? We could get a charity <laughs> five-a-side tournament going, see see what Hans Sagers is doing at the, at the I moment. Do, they used to do a Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon five-a-side over by Rains Park. Uh, by Rains Park. That was, um, we got into the semi-final and uh, the team who won it was some team from up north, they beat the Wimbledon FC team right. who had Danny Okins and all them in it. Uh, and Danny Okins got sent off. <laughs> no surprise there, mate. <laughs> for fighting <laughs> in the semi-final. I think he, he head-butted someone. Yeah. That's, I was unreal in that as well. And, we, and I used, when we used to win the Essex five-a-side every year. Oh, oh my team, my five-a-side real at football. Oh, no, yeah. I wasn't unreal. I was in goal. But my, the, the team I picked, right. I was just a good gaffer. So, anyway, the enough gaffer. about... How good I was at picking five side teams. Right, boy, see your striker. Strikers. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So, like I said, I've done a Wimbledon team and AFC Wimbledon. AFC Wimbledon would be Lyle Taylor all day long. That's a no-brainer. Wimbledon team, I went Dean Holdsworth. Um, so, but 
Predictable, but fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes you have to go with predictable. Um, it... And for me, I think because my team already has two Wimbledon players, I'm going to balance it out with two AFC Wimbledon players and go Lyle Taylor. Jamie, you got Lyle Taylor as well, haven't you? I don't have Lyle Taylor. Oh, right. No. What do you old to do you have, Jamie? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Dar- so... Dar- Darren Greaves. <laughs> <laughs> what, a what a player. Ali Russell, mate. Ali Russell, oh. Tower of Power. Um, so, this was a tough one for me because I love Danny Cadwell. That man can do no wrong in my eyes. Would he be my best choice as a Wimbledon, a Wimbledon AFC Wimbledon hybrid five-a-side team? I don't know, uh, but I've gone with him because absolute hero, absolute absolute hero. So your your team's quite a mobile, don't you? Uh, yeah, but it's small pitch, yeah. so you don't have to, you don't have to yeah. run around or not. They're playing in the Vets League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, wait, you're, you're calling Danny Cabwell in mobile? I, I shouldn't have a go at Danny Cabwell. My son's named after him, so I've got my boys yeah. Ethan Cadwell uh, and my other boys Jack Kimball because he scored that oh, goal against Huddersfield. But I can't have Alan Kimball in a five-a-side team because no. sweet, sweet left foot, sweet left foot. Yeah, I'm not having him whack it down the left wing and give him yeah. three kicks away because he's over red eye. <laughs> but my striker is there's only one choice, and I get Kedwell, I get Lyle Taylor. Lyle Taylor was too predictable for me. Uh, John Main, yeah, it was between he, Kedwell and Main. Off Mayne. the boards, you got Robert Ursel, Michael Hughes, Skilling, bang off the boards, Main's there, bang, just in front of goal. You don't even need him to go anywhere else. Hans Sagers to John Main, John Main turn goal. I told, boys, I am beating your teams. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it out to the vote. We'll, we'll put it out we'll to the public. But yeah, John Mays, yeah. that's that's my team at the moment. So I think it's close between mine and Lee's team. I think Jamie's is yeah. Jamie's oh, out right Come on, Jay. Oh. Let's go for your team again. Let's go for your. Five. So I've Come got uh, in goal. I've got Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah, uh, good. Playing at the back, Marcus Gale. Wouldn't have that, but. All right. Well, it's not your team, is it? So no, that's true. Got yeah. it. Uh, midfield of Rob Ursel and Michael Hughes, and up front captain, uh, Mister Daniel Cadwell. Yeah, I think you've been let down by your striker and your centre back at the moment. I don't. Yeah, don't take his name. See, in vain, I, I, I spoke to a few of my mates about this, and I'd nearly put Matt Everard in. I almost put. Him. He's he's on my list because he scored he's a the lot best of goals. AFC Wimbledon centre back we've ever had, mm. but. He is going to be immobile, yeah. and he scores goals, but that's all from head. Yeah, you there's no corners, there's no corners in five aside. So. No, and he wasn't exactly great with his feet playing it from out. So. No, no. you could have gone with Frankie Howard. There's quite a few, but yeah, my team. Hans Sager's in goal. Predictable. Ben Ben, Fa- <laughs> ben Thatcher in front of him. Rob Ursel, Michael Hughes, John Wayne up front. Goals, goals, and you're not getting past Ben Thatcher no matter what happens. So I'm not conceding, and I'm scoring loads of goals. Right, Boise, what about you, mate? So I've gone Rambo in goal. Oh, Chris got Perry. Five now, he? Chris <laughs> Perry, centre back. Bartram and Vinnie Jones in the middle. Vinnie Jones, captain. Nothing's getting past him, as Lee would say. And Lyle Taylor up top. Two Wimbledon, right, so as, two AFC Wimbledon players for me. As much as this pains me to say it, uh, Lee's team smashes both of ours, mate. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for, yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you very much yeah, I'll, I'll put that That's 10 in the post play. mate yeah no worries but, uh, yeah. I mean I don't think my team will do as badly as you think it would oh they will uh, I disagree I think I'd give Boise's team a game you're playing striker up at the back mate 
No, but he played centre half. Yeah, when we'll, he was we'll just score in the combined counties league, we'll just, when he was we'll playing Ryman Premier League, he we'll went just we'll just score more goals than you, mate. Rob Ursel would have him literally in pieces, mate. Right, I, but he's uh, he's in my team. I think that's how does that work? Right, let's put it out to the vote then. We'll put a yeah. little thing on our Facebook page to vote and a Twitter to say whose team is the best. And also, if you want to send us your five-a-side teams, your Wimbledon FC, AFC Wimbledon mix, not individual teams, mix one, get it out to us so we can all have a laugh as well because uh, there's no, nothing beating my team. So. <laughs> can someone please come in with a better team than his? Because we won't hear the end of this otherwise. <laughs> no one's going to do it, mate. You can't beat that team. So, thank you and good night. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by Twitter at Wombles Dream or via Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.